Anxiety seems to be something that runs in every single person. We've all had moments of anxiousness, but when you're a little one and anxiety is taking over your life, it can be pretty scary. And from what I've learned so far on my adventure parenting that kid and all the amazing people that have come into my life through this adventure is that anxiety is a common thread in almost everything. So I set out to try to find some answers on how we can support kids with anxiety, from finding parents of children who have high anxiety levels to professionals who have dedicated their lives to helping support children with anxiety. So if you're parenting that kid and anxiety seems to peek its head through more often than not, this episode is for you. Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to parenting that kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers! On today's episode, I speak with Sharon Hudson, a children's book author, life coach, teacher, and founder of Dream Beautiful. Her mission is to enlighten youth to the power of the mind and the heart and to use this empowerment to create balance, self-love, and joy in their lives. Sharon is a school teacher who has observed many students with anxiety, stress, and low self-esteem. And low self-esteem. Her heart eventually led her to want to help kids gain the knowledge and skills to help them handle the ups and downs of life and to gain the confidence to achieve anything they dream of. She teaches many skills such as meditation, visualization, power shifting, and positive self-talk. Sharon has a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in education, and she is wisdom coach certified through Adventures in Wisdom. Along with life coaching, she also teaches science part-time at the Kirby Hall School, and she loves science and spirituality and finding great joy in connecting the two in her coaching sessions. So thank you, Sharon, so much for joining me on Parenting That Kid. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I am really, really excited to learn about what you do and how that really can support kids and, of course, their families along with them in this process. Do you mind, Sharon, sharing what you do in your own words? I can read off, but it's always more beautiful when it comes out of the person that actually does it. <laughs> of course. And thank you for um, taking the time to want to learn more about me and my business. I appreciate it. Um, what I do is I am a life coach for kids. I focus on kids. I do um, work with uh, moms and a few women that aren't moms, but mostly my focus is on kids. That's my first love. Um, And I like to call myself more of a teacher than a life coach because I'm teaching. I'm not, a lot of people think of life coaches as therapists. I'm definitely not a therapist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just there to help guide them and teach them, you know, those tools that are not taught in schools, mm. um, you know, how to deal with the anxiety of a test or how to deal with the anxiety of your friend not wanting to be your friend anymore and, or, you know, the sadness about a divorce or a death in the family. So many kids just go through the motions and 
you know, they learn their own way of dealing with it, but they really need some tools. They need, they need to understand that what they're feeling is normal. And because they don't know that it's normal, they'll hide it and not share it. And then it causes anxiety and depression. And I just, I saw that a lot in a lot of my students. I, I teach middle school as well. So um, when I was noticing all this and kids were coming to me because they trusted me and crying to me about things and just showing me all the anxiety they had, I just, I knew I had to do something else besides just teaching science in the classroom. There was a, a much bigger need. And so I, I started my business um, in hopes that, you know, one day I could get my curriculum into schools where every kid can get it because not every family can afford me. Right. Um, I hope to one day be able you know, to reach more kids. So that's, that's basically what I do. I'm just, you know, just help giving them tools to handle their emotions and to help them see that they can create change, anything they want in life. Yeah, that's fabulous. That's actually one of the reasons why I um, wanted to interview you because a lot of children who, and you probably see this in the school system, who struggle with ADD, ADHD, OCD, yes. and there's so many acronyms yeah. to everything in this world, Yeah, <laughs> sensory seekers, all of that, they also struggle with the anxiety. It just tends to come along with those. And I think they, they right. go hand in hand because the two enhance each other almost. Um, right. And I noticed for my son, he definitely has anxiety. And I think it probably, he probably comes by it honestly in our and his genetic line um, with his dad, mm -hmm. no doubt. Um, but we are adults, and we have found the tools. Teaching a right. five-year-old, six-year-old, eight-year-old, even a young teenager those tools is so valuable to help with the rest of their lives. Yes. Do you find that you work or you see a lot of children who also have something along the other lines of ADD, ADHD, all of that as well? Yes. Um, mostly boys. I, I ah. do see the ADD and um, so what when parents contact me it's usually because they're seeing it's most most of the time it's anxiety that they're mm -hmm. seeing um, or it's uh, they're seeing that they're not uh, they're having a lack of self-esteem like they're all of a sudden their self-esteem has decreased mm. um, and they're concerned about that um, and I do have a a few that'll come because of it, uh, anger management. Mm -hmm. They want me to help their child with anger management, girls and boys. And um, I tend to see um, that those, usually the boys, a few girls will have that, um, the tendency to have, you know, the ADD symptoms, not that they've been diagnosed, mm -hmm. but, but they tend to have a hard time focusing mm -hmm. at the same time. So I feel like, helping them handle their emotions would, would increase, would help them deal with that lack of focus, you know, mm -hmm. just teaching them because a lot of it has to do with they're, they're having these emotions and they don't know how to deal with it. And so they kind of numb themselves with something else or they just don't want to deal with it and they put their attention on something they want to deal with. <laughs> right. <laughs> Interesting. So the work that you do then, does that um, help along with schooling and then out of school or are you focusing on just school work or is this a holistic kind of the whole life approach that you try to work with I do the whole life approach but I, I definitely focus on um, what the child most of the time the child knows exactly what they need mm. to work on exactly what they need to change and that helps me a lot 
because once they know and they can make that intention, then we're, we're soaring from there. Um, but some, a lot of, there'll be a few instances where the parent reaches out to me. Um, but I don't see the child seeing what the parent sees. So I think it, the younger the child, the less likely they're able to see that there's anything that needs to be changed. You know, they mm-hmm. don't know yet. Um, so, yeah, but I, I definitely like to use examples of things that are happening in their life to help them learn through those um, situations mm-hmm. when we're, when I'm teaching them things, you know, like if they're scared about, you know, a swim meet coming up that they're really excited about, they're also scared because they, they want to win, you know, just helping them meditate and visualize, you know, that, that they're winning and how everybody's feeling and acting around them. And at the same time, I want them to also understand that they have to accept and like, let it go the outcome to whatever's best for them. So whatever's going to happen is best for them, no matter what, Mm -hmm. even if they really, really desire to win something or to get a hundred on a test or whatever. So Mm -hmm. we, we do focus on what they see as a problem or something they want to change mostly, but I try to, you know, put in everything, every aspect of life in there. Nice. Can you share a little bit about what your work is exactly? Could you give me a a description if a young family walks in and they're brand new to you, what are they going to expect to do with you? What does the work you talked about meditation? um, But Mm -hmm. can you go into more detail? Definitely. Okay. So the first session, and sometimes I have moms sit in, with the child. I've never had a dad do it, but sometimes I'll have moms sit in and do the work with the child, which I feel is so powerful. Um, and I'll share more about that in a second, but the first session is usually, um, I'm teaching the basics of the mind and the subconscious and the conscious and how Mm -hmm. they work and, and how, you know, how their beliefs are formed Mm -hmm. and, um, and then about the neural pathways in the brain and how we create them by trying new things and creating new habits and um, just the logistics of how change occurs or how be- our beliefs are formed and how we can change them and make mm-hmm. new ones. And then after that, I have them make their intention, what they, they would like to change in their life or create, not just change, but things they want to bring into their life. So maybe they want to learn how to play the violin or, let's learn something new or maybe they have a big dream about being a doctor when they grow up, but they could make that an intention too Mm -hmm. and just kind of take the steps to get there. So we go from there and then um, I teach them about, you know, listening to their self-talk and how they're talking to themselves, Mm -hmm. that they're saying positive things or negative things and how to transform that positive or that negative self-talk into positive Mm -hmm. self-talk. And then creating positive affirmations for for their intentions so if they have an intention to um be on the basketball team you know having them create it i am on the basketball team at whatever school mm-hmm. and just creating it like it's happening now and then we do visual visualization meditation exercises where we close our eyes and I walk them through you know how it would look how it would feel if they were on the basketball team or swim team or they were playing the violin any anything that they're dreaming of mm-hmm. and um from there I usually go into emotions and 
just the different aspects of feeling emotion and how feeling sad and angry is okay and where our anxiety comes from and um, how, you know, how, how to handle different situations, which a lot of it is meditation. I teach different, you know, just focusing on different things in meditation. I, my big thing is visualization. So I use that a lot. Um, and just um, from, yeah. And I just kind of use my intuition as I'm going through the sessions with them and seeing like what I feel they need to work on the most, what they need more practice with. And I'll come back to certain things that I feel like they need to practice more. And I'll have them write in their journal. Like I have them create a gratitude journal to write in every day. And it's not just a gratitude journal. It's a gratitude and reflections journal. So they're reflecting on things they learned in the day and mistakes that they might've made and how they're going to improve tomorrow and just things like that. Because kids don't really do that, you know, unless they're told to. Right. <laughs> As adults, we kind of do, but they don't think about day to day. They can't even remember. Right. Because they do live in the moment more than adults do. So hmm. sometimes they can't even remember the last time they were angry, but, but the mom can. The mom can remember the last That's time they true. were angry because it caused a big uproar in the house. <laughs> so, yes. But they forgot already. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So how many so, sessions do you usually work with somebody or is there not really a time limit? It's just how much growth that they achieve over time. And yeah, it really depends. A, a lot of parents will, will get this. I have a six session package uh-huh. and we'll usually just go six sessions and um, maybe do some follow-ups okay. um, in the next couple of months. But, um, and then there's some that choose to just, you know, pay as, we go and they'll just call me whenever they feel they need me to come in. Um, so it's really, uh, I let, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't like to pressure anybody. I want everybody to do this on their own. I don't want them to think they have to do a certain amount of sessions or, mm-hmm. but I do, I do make it clear that, you know, after these six sessions, they can't just stop. They still need to be reminded of everything I've taught them because they'll forget it. Right. So they, they still need to be reminded to keep up with their journal, to keep up with uh, meditating and visualizing and creating intentions and because it's so easy to forget. I mean, of course, it's good that they, you know, get taught the skill, but they need to use it in order so, yeah, to create change. They're probably going home and having to practice and, and I mean, it is a mind changing um, yes. kind of construction. And, I mean, it's just like any any habit that needs to be created. I mean, everybody that wants to create a healthy eating habit or exercise habit or wants to be good at playing the piano, you have to practice it. So Yeah, yeah, right. Practice makes perfect, huh? So then yeah. I would imagine that this probably affects the whole family and in a positive way. I'm sure there's a little bit of resistance yeah. at first, as there always is with change, but I would hope that this is actually a growth for the whole family. Yes, especially when I have the mom sit in. And yeah. do and do and go through the, emo- the emotions and and write her intentions and do everything that um, I'm teaching instead of just kind of watching. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's really powerful for the kid to see that the mom has things she wants to work on too and changes she wants to make and and she's going through the motions too and she's going to put this down on paper and uh-huh. and it's a, it's a bonding experience. I've I've noticed that the kids really love it oh, to I have like their that. mom sitting there with them and 
talking about emotions and just, you know, meditating and just experiencing something different and that they're growing from. It's really powerful. I like that. It is a bonding experience in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what age group are you, do you normally work with? You said children. Is there too young? Is there too old? Mm-hmm. I, I like to start at age seven. Okay. Um, because I, that's when they're able to write more and then read more. And mm-hmm. they, that seems to be the age when they can start pinpointing okay. what they need to work on. Right. Um, I have worked with, a, I do do a, a small class at um, school in the hills. I do an extracurricular class with five-year-olds. Okay. But in that class, I mostly just do mindfulness activities. I don't really teach them about setting intentions and, you know, the brain and all that. We kind of just do a lot of meditation stuff. Hmm. Um, probably helps calm the five-year-olds. Yes, yes, it does. They like it. They really do. <laughs> uh, but seven is when I feel like they're able to really realize that's when they're starting to really feel their separateness and they're, they're feeling different emotions and mm-hmm. seems to be when um, parents are noticing um, anger with siblings a lot around that age. <laughs> yeah. So is that kind of a sign or quote unquote symptom that people experience at home that make them kind of want to uh, yes. seek you out? <laughs> There's a lot yes, of friction the, at home. The anger and je- jealousy of younger siblings. Yeah. Happens a lot. I get a call. Yeah, I get calls about that a lot. What are other um, signs that parents might see at home that they think, <laughs> oh, I should reach out to her? Anxiety. Anxiety. Uh, yeah. Um, I've had, uh, I've, and um, like kind of depression from bullying. I've had mm. um, a student who was bullied a lot. She was really different and um, just, working with her and getting her to accept, you know, her differences and how unique she is and how, you know, she's different for a reason and how she can shine her light on the world. Just like everybody else is going to shine their own light on the world. And, um, and then, you know, the anxiety of there's a lot of perfectionists out there that are nine, 10, 11 years old <laughs> oh that want to be perfect. And that causes <laughs> a lot of anxiety for them. So uh, that is, anxiety seems to be the main one. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of how you came into my um, vision of of reaching out to you because of the anxiety. And, and again, that goes hand in hand with so many other things in this world, which I just feel like they, they light each other's fires and then they just both grow bigger. bigger. (laughs) If you can't calm one down, you cannot calm the other one down, which makes me then ask, do you work closely with um, other professionals that might support a child? Maybe not on the medical side of things per se, but do you, have parents bring in information from other therapists or maybe if they have been diagnosed with ADHD, you've kind of got some of their medical history to go along with that. Um, I don't work closely with other, with professionals, but I do, if I just tell the parent, if they would like to share that information with me, mm-hmm. then I'll take it and it will help me, but I don't, I don't need it. Okay. I, I can tell what I need to work on with them and practice with them just by meeting them and knowing them. So it's really up to the parent if they want to share that with me or not, but usually they, they share me, they share with me everything. They want all of the, all of the details because yeah. they want me to know. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more the information you get, the 
um, more accurate you can be with helping their child out. Right, right. Do you suggest any tools and resources outside of your care? Maybe books that parents should read or, I mean, you talked about the homework that the, well, I say homework, but the, you know, little tips and tools that they mm-hmm. use when they leave you. But do you have any other resources outside of your office hours per se or meeting times that you suggest parents and kids focus on? Um, I like to refer to GoZen a lot. Have you heard of GoZen? No, no, what's this? It's really neat. Yeah, you need to check it out. Um, it's basically it's videos, animated videos that teach kids all of the things I'm teaching. Go Zen. So, yeah. Okay. Go Zen. They have, if you go to YouTube, you can see a lot of their free videos. I use a lot of those in my workshops and I do subscribe to some of their videos. So you mm-hmm. have to pay for a subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really cute and they engage the kid and, so I like to, in my sessions, I like to break things up. I don't like to just sit there and talk. I want them to watch this cute little video. Let's write a little bit. Let's do some art. Hmm. Let's meditate. I don't want to just sit there the whole time and bore them. Right, right. So um, I think that videos really engage them. Just short, quick videos that can help teach something really quick can get them a little engaged and kind of break up a session. So I use a lot of their videos and I... I usually suggest that to parents sometimes when they ask me. How about any other books? Are there any books that you suggest for kids to read that maybe helps them understand anxiety and what they're going through? Well, there's a good one called The Amazing Elastic Brain. (laughs) Okay. Something like, I don't know if I got the title exactly right. The Amazing Fantastic Elastic Brain, something like that, um, that kids really love. But I read to them usually the first session. Okay. Um, and then, uh, there is a really good one for tween girls called, um, a girl's guide to the universe. I don't know if I have the titles correct, but I will, I'll send them to you. Okay. Right. But yeah, it's a girl's guide to the universe. Um, I use a lot of stuff out of that book too. And there's a lot of things that I don't do. So I feel like it's a fun and the way it's put together is very engaging for girls and yeah. Just kind of teaching them about life and uh, there's a toolbox the girls can make from the book and add little things in there for them to have and read about different situations and how to deal with them. It's really, it's a fun way of engaging them about how to live a happy and successful life. Perfect. So I really like that book. Oh yeah. Okay. That sounds great. Sounds fun for, um, is that for the parents to read or is that for girls to read as more adolescent age, they can read it themselves? It's a girl's, it's a girl's book. I would say, uh, probably like a tween age nine to 13. Perfect. Nice. That's, and that gives a little bit more empowerment. I think, um, especially when you have anxiety, feeling like you have some power over something, if you can be the one reading it and stuff. Versus your parents right. reading it and telling you X, Y, and Z. It's always nice. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, can you speak a little bit more about wisdom coaching? So you, I know that you do classes and almost like camps. I don't know if camp is the correct word. Um, mm-hmm. But you talk about wisdom yes. coaching, and I would love to learn more about what that means. Okay. Um, Adventures in Wisdom is the curriculum that I found when I first started out wanting to be this life coach for kids. I thought, well, how how do I become a life coach for kids? Mm-hmm. Well, there's not a lot out there, but I found this curriculum 
called Adventures in Wisdom. And the woman that started it actually lives in Austin, Texas. Oh. And um, I went through the training and I really like the stories that are used in the coaching. So it's about teaching kids how to live a happy and successful life, how to deal with the ups and downs of life. And these stories, For there's a story for self-responsibility, a story for, you know, honoring your uniqueness, a story for um, realizing who's, who's in charge of your mind, just called who's flying your plane. Hmm. Um, there's a story called victim victor about, you know, trying to get out of that victim mentality and mm-hmm. a story. Who's your, who's your BFF? Like you should be your own BFF. <laughs> so um, the whole idea is that stories engage kids and they learn best through stories. So that's what I use most from that curriculum. I don't use, I mean, there's, there's little activities that come with it. Um, you know, qu- answering questions and doing things, but I mostly just use the stories mm-hmm. depending on the age. So usually by the, by 12, 13, I don't use the stories a little too um, immature for them. So I don't use them anymore, but ages seven to 10, they're really good. They help me guide a conversation with them. And hmm. there's a, a wizard, Wyatt the Wise Wizard in there that comes and teaches the lesson from the story. And then I have a little puppet that I, that I call Wyatt the Wise Wizard. And so it engages them. And so, yeah, I'm, I use that mostly for the stories and I kind of create my own activities from those stories. Fun. And is this like a a long full day or is this a 50 minute session? How do you, how do you offer this? It's a 50 minute session. So I do private coaching and I will do, I'll do it in the home of the student or we meet in a, in a, like a library or a cafe that's in between us if they're too far. Um, And it's a 50 minute session and I also do small classes occasionally um, usually over here in Lake Quay where I live and I do camps in the summer. Oh. I'm going to be doing one at Kirby Hall School where I, where I work part-time teaching science and um, at Alive and Well in BK I'll be doing a few. Oh wow that's fun okay and those are the summer? Yes in the summer. I'll look those up. So if you had three takeaways for parents who um, are struggling with their kiddos and anxiety-wise, let's just say, at home, before they would even come and see you, do you have any three tips, um, advice, just ideas of how they can already, at this point in their life, start supporting their little one before they even walk through your doors? Yes, definitely. I, I think the, the number one thing would be to talk talk to your child about your own feelings. So having a mom talk to their child about, Hey, I'm feeling really sad today. And this is why I'm going to let it, you know, I'm going to kind of let it move through me. And, and, you know, I'm going to go perk myself up with, you know, a song or this is what I'm going to do. Just having, having that conversation with your child can help so much with opening that child up to and wanting to talk to their mom, you know, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important that the child sees the vulnerability of their parent and talking to them and being and showing how, you know, they might make mistakes and how they're working on them and, you know, just being honest Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. 
you know, <laughs> but having that conversation and letting them know that you're not perfect and these are things that you're working on. We all have things to work on. It's just the growing experience. So just, it kind of sets in that growth mindset mm-hmm. with them when they're seeing that you're trying to do it too. And just, I think number two would be just to do as a parent, doing whatever it takes while still being a responsible parent to be happy and to show your kid that you're happy and to do things that make you happy is so important. If you ask, um, if you, I, I don't even know if there's a research study on this, but if you just went around asking kids, like what, it, what, what do they want most for their parents? I bet you most of them would say, I want them to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many parents give up a lot of themselves for their kids or their marriage and, and the happiness just kind of dwindles. It takes second place, but I think it really needs to be up front mm-hmm. and center in order for their kids to be happy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because a lot of emotions that they feel are felt from their parents. I know I, I, I experienced that when I was little, just, you know, mm-hmm. Seeing my mom depressed depressed me. Seeing my dad angry made me angry. Right. They feel so, and they feed off of our energy that we're putting out. Yeah. Whatever that might be, good so, or bad. Yeah. Right. So just working on your own mental state, talking to your child about, you know, your mistakes and how you're growing from them and your emotions and and then just working on your emotional state and trying to be the happiest you can be for your child. Um, and then maybe number three would be I mean on the same this is all kind of the same could all go together it's just being being who you want your child to be hmm. you know just kind of like God, yeah that quote be the change you want <laughs> be you, you want to see in the, be the change you want to see in the world right, is that how it goes? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same like be what you want your child to be you can't you can't try to expect them to be some something that you can't be yourself you know if you want them to be happy and you're not what are you teaching them right right well and there you go I mean that's if you've got high anxiety that's what your child is seeing and right modeled and therefore that's how they're going to be as well because that's their norm around them that's their life right and they I mean they really are soaking up everything that's happening and that's I mean as adults that's where all our beliefs and habits come from is from our childhood and then we want to break all the ones that we don't want that aren't good for us. <laughs> right. We work our whole, whole adult life trying to right. spin that around. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they're creating their beliefs and, and their emotional state from child. I know it's like a lot of pressure, but at the same time, I mean, everybody's meant to learn something from their childhood and, right. <laughs> and as adults, we figure it out and we kind of move through what happened in our childhood and how we want to grow from it. And that's just, that's just what life is. So. Yeah. Wow. So how can people find you? Are you on Facebook? I know you have a website, but how, what's the easiest way for people to locate where you are and how to go? I'm on Facebook. Dream beautiful. LLC is the page name. And then I'm on Instagram. uh, Dream beautiful with Sharon. And I have a webpage, dreambeautifulcoaching.com. So those are wonderful. Well, thank you, Sharon, so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I am always learned so many great tips from the people I interview, and I cannot wait to put some of yours into 
practice at my house with my little guy. Yay. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to me today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead, tell me what you like. Have somebody you'd like me to interview and ask those nitty gritty questions to? I'm ready for it. And hey, while you're at it, share this episode with somebody you think might benefit from hearing about it. And guess what, imperfect parent? Parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking at this parenting journey. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead, tell me what you liked about this episode. Give me some ideas on what you'd like to hear. Maybe you have somebody you'd like me to ask those nitty gritty questions to. I'm ready. Oh, and if you have a friend who is also the parent of that kid, click that share button and empower them with some tools and tips as well. And by the way, imperfect parent, I know parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking this parenting journey.